God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. God of compassion, your son, Jesus, came to the suffering, the infirm, and the dying, and by his word of authority, he set them free. Bless the ministry of your church that it may continue to speak a word of deliverance to all those in need, through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Congregation may be seated, and at this time we invite the baptismal party forward. Lord Jesus Christ gave his church the command to baptize when he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Scripture makes plain the universal need for baptism. As children of Adam, we belong to a fallen race. From our parents, we inherit a sinful nature and would be lost forever unless delivered by our Lord Jesus Christ. He willingly took on himself the curse of sin, and by his death on the cross redeemed us and all people. Christ's almighty word gives baptism its power to save. The apostle Peter declares, baptism now saves you. Scripture also clearly teaches that the power and promise of baptism is intended for young and old alike. On the day of Pentecost, the apostle testified, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. By water and the Spirit, we are born again and united with Christ and his people as members of the church. So Paisley received the sign of the cross over the head and over the heart 
to mark you as a redeemed child of God. Lean her head over. Paisley Jane Girak, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has forgiven your sins. By your baptism, you are born again and made a dear child of your Father in heaven. May God strengthen you to live in your baptismal grace all the days of your life. Peace be with you. Not only did the Lord command children and all people be baptized, he also commanded that they continue in and growing in the teachings of God's word. God entrusts parents with the primarily primary responsible responsibility for doing that. Yet he also gives parents congregations to partner with them in things like day school and Sunday school and other ministries. Dustin and Vanessa, if you're willing to take on that responsibility of raising Paisley to know her Savior, please answer yes, and we ask God to help us. Marina, we're happy to have you here as a sponsor today. I know uh, Brandon is tuning in, watching the live stream as well. Uh, if you're willing to assist Brandon and Vanessa, uh, Dustin and Vanessa in uh, raising Paisley to know the Lord and encouraging her in her baptism, please answer yes, and I ask God to help me. Baptism is such a wonderful blessing, not just for today uh, and for eternal life, but for every day as well. We may live by the power of our baptism, uh, drowning the old Adam, the sinful nature, and living a new life in thanks to Jesus every day. What a wonderful encouragement in our baptisms. Let us pray. We give thanks, most merciful Father, that you have received little Paisley as your own child and made her a member of Christ's body, the church. Now we pray, grant to her and to all your church on earth that being dead to sin, we may live to righteousness and being buried with Christ into his death, we may also be partakers of his resurrection so that with all your saints we may inherit eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Our first lesson for today, taken from Isaiah chapter 35, will serve as the basis for our sermon. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. This is the word of our God. Continue at this time with the anthem.
Please stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel according to Mark chapter 7. We still say along with the people here, Jesus has done all things well. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears, and he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven with a deep sigh and said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets, we believe in one holy, Christian, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated for our next hymn, 760.
Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Fellow believers in Him. In Genesis chapter 34, you have a low point of the Bible. There's a man named Jacob who has 12 sons, but in that chapter we find out he has a daughter named Dinah, and Dinah just wanted to go catch up with her friends. And so she left her family for a while and went on a hike to go find her friends, and an adult boy from a neighboring city saw her, took her, violated her, and then had the audacity to ask her family for her hand in marriage. The Bible says this was a disgrace. This is something that ought not be done. And that's, that's an understatement. Her brothers, the twelve, they were both grieved and furious. But they had to answer the boy named Shechem on his marriage proposal. And actually the brothers said, okay, with one condition. You can marry her if you and all the men in your city get circumcised. And Shechem, so eager to marry Dinah, he agreed. And all the men of the city agreed. Surgery took place. Three days after the surgery, two of Dinah's brothers, unbeknownst to the others, Simeon and Levi, they sneak into that city and they murder every one of those men including Shechem, they loot the place and they bring their sister back to their home. When their father Jacob found out what they had done, he was furious. It says, You have brought trouble on me by making me obnoxious to the people living in this land. We are few in number, and if they join forces against me and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. He was afraid. Who could blame him? The actions of Simeon and Levi, what they did, even the other godless nations around them didn't act like that with such deception and murder. Simeon and Levi put a target on the back of every single one in Jacob's household. And Jacob felt that judgment as he lived in the land. I want you to fast forward a couple of years. To Isaiah chapter 34. That's a chapter right before the lesson we have today. In Isaiah chapter 34... God puts a target on the back of everybody, every single nation, every single person, and he says this. The Lord is angry with all nations. His wrath is on all their armies. He will totally destroy them. He will give them over to slaughter. Their slain will be thrown out. Their dead bodies will stink. The mountains will be soaked with their blood. The sword of the Lord is bathed in blood. Uh, not really politically correct words today, are they? Let me ask you, what, what do you think is going to happen when people violate the will of God? When people violate the word of God today? When people violate the work of God? Jesus told a parable about that with a vineyard in the New Testament and even the crowd before him answered it. He will bring those wretches to a wretched end. 
God is going to come. God is going to come, and when he brings judgment, it's going to be righteous. It will not be misguided like Simeon and Levi. Does that rattle your heart a little bit? Does that, does that cause you just a little bit of fear in the heart? Does that shake you down to the core of your bones? I hope you don't act and think like Simeon and Levi when they stood before their father because they began to make all kinds of excuses. But what were we supposed to do to defend our sister? I mean, look at what they did. They clearly had something coming, father. Clearly, we should have acted and done something. You weren't going to do anything at all. And they stood there and defended themselves before their father. And you know what? Jacob had nothing to do with it. He didn't accept any one of their excuses. Later in the book of Genesis, he gathers all of the 12 sons he has together. And with the final words that he has in the Bible, with what is supposed to be on your deathbed, a blessing that's passed down from one generation to the next, this is what their father Jacob had to say to Simeon and Levi. He didn't forget what they did. He said, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they pleased. Cursed be their anger, so fierce, and their fury, so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. If my father said half of that to me on his deathbed, I would be mortified. But when God, our Heavenly Father, comes and stands on this earth, He won't scatter people who stand against Him. He will send them away for all eternity. They will never enter His assembly. This message from Isaiah chapter 34, as Isaiah was given to it by God, he was supposed to boldly proclaim this, not just to the people of Israel. He was supposed to proclaim this to all nations. It's a tough message. It's a hard thing to stand before people and tell them, look, sin reeks to highest heaven. And God intends by this message to perform surgery. Not to cut people physically, but to cut people to the heart. Sin puts a bullseye right on our backs. It separates people from God. But do you know what chapter 35 of Isaiah has to say to us today? There's an antidote. God provides one single answer to sin. He provides one place that stops fear and rattling and the quaking and shaking in your bones. It stops it dead in its tracks. And what I'm about to say in this sermon, where I'm about to go with this, I can't say to the stubborn. I can't and I have nothing to offer to any of you or me if we're going to deflect and make excuses today. There is nothing God has to offer, positively speaking, to somebody who's not going to be sorry for their sins. And so you can stop listening at this point. You can plug your ears. What this text says from the very first line, 
This is for the fearful. And the Hebrew of that section means to those who are hurried in their heart, to those who have a racing heart, to those who are scared to death and have taken God's threat seriously. That you recognize God is right when he comes on this earth to punish me. He's right to be upset with me. This is my sin after all and I'm accountable to him for it. To those who are fearful, who are listening to God, who are cut to the heart, who recognize there's no human answer for what we've done against him, he has a message for you. This is exactly from the Lord for you. He says it. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution. Retribution is a word that means he comes to punish the wicked and reward the good. He will come to save you. That's incredible. That's an incredible change from Isaiah chapter 34. That's just almost the turn of a page of the Bible. What what in the world is the difference between God coming in wrath and anger and getting his sword bloody and God coming to save? How do I know? How do you know we're not the wicked that he comes to punish and we're we're the good ones that he's coming to save? And the answer is him. All he gives you is his word. All he gives you is his promise. All he gives you is... His grace. The promise of himself that he is the strength you need. That he's coming to provide the strength over your sin. Over my sin. He comes to do everything necessary to make that change for us from bad or from wicked to righteous in his sight. And so the change that happens is God's people looking for a solution look apart from themselves and their excuses and their sin to the Lord to be the one to rescue us simply because he wants to do it all by grace. And he does. And so we trust him that when he comes, he's coming to save, to save you. And that's not all. He doesn't just want you to know he's coming in strength and to trust that strength. He wants you to know who to look for. And so he says, then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth. That last part, water will gush forth, it's a reference to God providing water for the people while they wandered in the desert after leaving Egypt, how God provides for people. He takes care of them physically, but he's going to come with wonder. He's going to come with miracles. God is training your eyes to see exactly who to look for. And there's only one to look for. There's only one who fulfills this. It's the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that in our gospel lesson today where it says, people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said, He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. That's exactly what Isaiah was talking about. Only Jesus fulfills this. Only Jesus did these miracles. It wasn't Houdini. It was Jesus acting as the God-man. It was Jesus here with divine authority to fulfill these words of Isaiah. Only one on the pages of history stands out and does the work God promised. Culminating in the great miracle even going to a cross 
You know what happened there? It's there in that cross that God's divine vengeance was poured out on his only son. It was there on that cross that God's furious anger landed on his obedient, dutiful, loving son. It was there on that cross that God turned his back on Jesus and put him for a time out of his assembly so that through faith in Jesus, God would save you. God would rescue you. God would guarantee to you the forgiveness of all of your sin and the guarantee of life everlasting. Say to the fearful, this is the end of fear. To those people in life who've had so many low points, who've had so many things maybe in line with or similar, like Genesis 34, who felt the fear of Isaiah 34 with the punishment of God breathing down our necks, God's coming to save you. God's coming to rescue you. He did once already by sending Jesus. And when he comes again, you're his. Be strong in the Lord, in your Lord Jesus. That, that's where God puts an end to our fear. Amen. Please stand. We join together in singing the Create in Me. This time our offerings of thanks to the Lord will be brought forward. Congregation may be seated, and we invite forward the Sunday school staff for this year for the installation. Dear friends in Christ, you have been asked to serve on our Sunday school teaching staff. This ministry helps carry out the work our Lord described when he said, Let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Serving in this ministry is a privilege and a responsibility. As teachers, we ask you to continue growing in God's word yourselves 
to set a godly example of Christian living both inside and outside the classroom, to prepare your lessons faithfully, and to assist with the ministry so that the children may grow from week to week in God's word. I now ask you in the presence of God in this congregation, are you willing to accept these responsibilities and faithfully carry them out according to the ability God has given you? If so, answer, yes, and I ask God to help me. I now install you as Sunday school teachers and staff at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May our God grant you his Holy Spirit and give you wisdom and strength for your servant. Members of St. Paul's, I urge you to regard these teachers and staff members as servants of Jesus and gifts to his church. Please pray for them, support them in their service, involve your children in Christian education opportunities, and invite others so that you and other families may receive the eternal blessings the Lord promises to those who hear and learn his word. You may depart in peace. Amen. At this time, we stand for prayer. Lord, you give strength to hearts that are fearful and to bodies that are feeble. Open our eyes to see your salvation and our ears to hear your powerful word. Loosen our tongues to shout your praises and lead our feet in ways that glorify you. Holy Spirit, we praise you for the washing of rebirth and renewal that you have granted to Paisley Girak in baptism today. Keep her close to Christ all her days. Give Dustin and Vanessa strength to raise her in the scriptures. Use her sponsors and family and congregation as well. Help us to live in and encourage each other with our baptisms each day. Heavenly Father, on this weekend, marking the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks on September 11th, we give you thanks for the stability and peace we have in you. Be with all those who mourn the loss of loved ones and repair broken hearts with your love for the world in your Son. You have given us so much more than we deserve in this blessed country. Please continue to bless our land and our leaders in government for the protection of our people and peace among our people. Holy Spirit, please use our Sunday school and Bible classes this year to make us wise for salvation in Christ and to equip us for every good work. May all who teach your word and all who learn from it grow in grace and knowledge through this year until we reach complete unity and maturity in heaven with you. And in Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord will be with you always. Amen. 